the the way we designed the majority of our daily working tools is based on the 70s office environment while we should be creative associative associative thinkers that can share information in seconds with others because this is what i call winning by sharing if business is always about trust mm -hmm. but who gets to be trusted it's the guy who's always the most helpful and how do you what's the easiest way to help somebody with information because you can give it away without losing it but if you don't have access to your information because you store it in old socks like folders subfolders on documents well good luck with that so your your ability to build a second brain a digital exoskeleton is one of the core things that i really think knowledge workers should understand Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and video show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe and hit the bell icon. I'm your host, Fritz Bussemaker, and today I'm delighted and privileged to have a conversation with Martijn Aslander. Hey, Martijn, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay, uh, allow me to introduce Martijn uh, Aslander. He is a life hacker, a tinkerer, a speaker, a documentary maker, a technology philosopher. He's the initiator of events like stand-up inspiration, life hacking, permanent beta, uh, digital fitness. He's the author of several books. And when he was 29, he built the world's biggest dolmen and much more. So again, uh, Martijn, uh, too much to cover in the introduction. So. I see so many initiatives and activities and labels. Uh, if you'd have to choose one, in other words, who is Martijn? What would it be? I'm a very active explorer of the network and information age. Excellent. So network and information age. Why did you decide to focus on that? Where did that come from? Well, my life is all, uh, it's been all, always about setting things in motion. So if you want to solve problems, if you want to go after opportunities, or if you want to do Mission Impossible, um, then you always need people, information, and ideas. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's like uh, uh, the holy trinity of, my dy of dynamics. If you set, uh, need motion, you need people, information, and ideas. And uh, when I figured out that the, the information age brings all the pieces of the puzzle uh, when it comes to information together, uh, and if you combine it with the network age, where not uh, not just everybody is connected, but everything is connected, well, if you if you put those two layers on top of each other, uh, or you mix them like a helix, um, then you get the network and information age, and those together are very powerful when it comes to big uh, fundamental power shifts. So it's changing the rules of almost any game. Okay, can you give an example of what kind of rules are being changed at the moment? Well, a lot of the things on our planet was based on, the, the economic model was based on scarcity. And mm -hmm. because of the network and information age, in more and more fields you see abundance. And not every field, but more and more. So when information is freely available to anyone on the planet, it will shift power. Because uh, Moses Naim had, uh, had this famous book, uh, The End of Power, Why Being in Charge Isn't What It Used to Be. And uh, you see that the power of the expert, the classical expert, the power of the, uh, the, the, the guy in charge, position power, and uh, power by example, 
cannot be abused anymore uh, uh, as you could do like 40 years ago. And there's this other thing going on because the amount of knowledge that's being developed, uh, when you uh, had a, a professor's degree like 40 years ago, you were done for the rest of your life. You, 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 you would be fine. But nowadays, if you finish your uh, last exam, you're in trouble. You, you need to study again because the amount of knowledge, uh, so the health time worth of knowledge is, 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 is becoming smaller and smaller. And it's creating a more level play field for any individual, regardless of their background. And of course, in the Western world and in some areas, you're privileged. But uh, if you have access to a public library that is connected to the web, mm -hmm. you, you could uh, create a lot of havoc worldwide in any field, and that's a good thing. No, great. Uh, actually, that reminds me of a book you've written a couple of years ago, which was called Noid Off or Never Finished. And it seems yeah. also what you're saying is we're never, we're never going to be finished in learning. We have to keep on learning to understand. Yeah, this is what we call this per perpetual permanent beta uh, way of thinking. So yeah. as soon as the ink of your plants uh, is dried up, the situation already changed. So uh, we see that the lifespan of an average company is becoming yeah. uh, smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, so um, we are finding out so many incredible things every day and everything is being connected faster and faster. So if you see problems as, as puzzles, suddenly everything becomes clear because if you need, want to solve a puzzle, you need more pieces of a puzzle and more, more co-puzzlers. And every solved puzzle is a piece of a bigger puzzle. So yeah, it's a hell of a ride and I, I love it. Okay, but uh, what you're telling me is we're getting more and more information, more and more puzzles. It's becoming complexer by the day. Um, what's your uh, take on uh, the average employee, the average worker out there? Uh, can they actually cope with all that change at the moment? Uh, no, an organization can't cope with change as well because uh, we made some fundamental errors uh, when it comes to knowledge work, and this is my my current topic and field of interest. So I really do believe that work, when it comes to knowledge work, knowledge work is broken, and we really sure. need to fix okay. that. So we see that uh, the, the 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 productivity from uh, the, the economic output, the productivity from from a lot of uh, companies and and, and countries. Uh, didn't didn't really rise after investing thousands of billions of dollars in it for the past 30 years. So the big promise was always that robots and IT uh, would make our uh, life easier, but also more relaxed. And so, somehow we became slave of the computer and its servants, the smartphone, and uh, it's destroying our cognitive quality. So. When you have somebody uh, uh, um, working in a factory, you can see, actually see that he's working. But if, it, if somebody's sitting behind a desk, it doesn't say anything on the quality of the output. Mm -hmm. And uh, when, when you look at the, the, the knowledge, when it comes to brain science, the more uh, uh, you distract people, the more notification you have on, the more email you send, uh, we're, uh, um, we're under attack. Uh, when it comes to our cognitive qualities. And uh, that shouldn't be the case because Mr. Peter Drucker himself, who invented the words knowledge worker, said two very important things that somehow everybody neglected. 
um, he said, well, when it comes to work, you have to divide work in two parts. Part one is work execution, because you cannot interfere with how somebody creates a communication strategy. That's a, a mental creative process based on your experience, your knowledge, your skills, your talent, everything, your intuition. And then you have this other thing, it's called workflow. Okay. And somehow, uh, but, he, but Peter Drucker said, you cannot interfere with the work execution part. So that went wrong badly because they invented managers and what are they doing? They say, I'm a people manager. No, a people manager is an asshole because you cannot manage people. When it comes to knowledge workers, don't manage them. Manage the workflow, not people. So the workflow is how work gets to the professional, how the professional gives status updates on how far he is or if he needs help, and where uh, when it's finished and where it goes in, in the entire process. So you need process design, but somehow the people who are in charge of process design or monitoring the workflows, they are suddenly called managers and they, they are put above the people instead of in between. So that's another big mistake. Okay, now you've described what's broken and what you think is a mistake. Have you, um, I assume you also don't have a solution how we're going to fix this. Well, uh, I have not the solution, but I have a direction in which we should okay, dive in. Okay, sure. So, um, let, let's go back in history. There are a few things uh, going on. One of them I read from the this famous book of Cal Newport, uh, just published in January, uh, A World Without Email. And this book is not about email, but uh, email is just like the canary in the coal mine. If, if your organization deals with uh, uh, information overload and email stress, that's the canary in the common, but, but, but you have to look further about that. So if you don't know what's knowledge, what knowledge work is, then you also don't know how to do it or how to learn how to be a knowledge worker. And uh, uh, it's about how to deal with large quantities of information. So uh, this is a term I, I, I always call uh, information liquidity. George Bush uh, senior lost from Bill Clinton with the phrase uh, in, in the election uh, back in the days with the uh, phrase, uh, it's the economy, you stupid. But I would like to say nowadays in any organization, whether it's uh, corporates or uh, governmental organizations or NGOs, it's the information, you stupid. So all this talk about digitization, digital transformation, I think it's a bunch of bullshit because you're trying to change the, 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 the motor uh, for the engine from a car while the tires are flat and the people behind the wheels have no idea what to do when uh, suddenly a, a, um, um, a, um, a light flashes in, the, in your dash panel. So, so somehow we are using the computer as a modern typewriter. It's really insane that, that the hemisphere of documents in organization is like dot doc, PDF, XLS, and PPT. So, so our entirely work standard is based around standing or lying pieces of paper. So actually we are mimicking the 70s office environment, and that shouldn't be the case. We are driving on a highway with a, a, with a 747. That thing has wheels, but it's supposed to fly. So there's good news. 
Good. When it comes to, sure. our, to our to our uh, uh, working tools, we should be more critical. Uh, uh, so, what kind of tools does a knowledge worker has? So, first of all, you want to have your information captured and uh, and found in seconds, not in minutes. So, of every tool that you choose, in the top ten of qualities of every tool, number one till nine should be speed. Speed is far more important than everybody thought. Because if something takes too long, you don't benefit from it directly for yourself, you probably won't use it. And then, well, what, then, you, then you shouldn't use the tool. So there's a, a, a whole new generation of tools for knowledge workers. And I think knowledge, uh, information should be storable, capturable, findable, filterable, sortable, uh, orderable, Reorderable. Uh, you have to meta, uh, 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 make it easy to, to add metadata to it. It should be shared. And now it comes in seconds, not in minutes. Preferably also on your smartphone. So if you have a list that you want to cross off, most of the tools that people nowadays use, so your most valuable asset people, are struggling with the wrong set of tools. Because it's... Office 365 is awesome, mm -hmm. but it's only a tiny part of the stuff you need. And the stuff you really need, you're not allowed to download in the most corporate environments because then somebody from IT says, oh, we cannot do that. That's ridiculous. So people in the, uh, uh, that are working with Workflowy, Rome Research, Obsidian, Notion, Miro, are dealing with how to, to, to play and tinker with digital tools. So they have better equipment for a lower price. That's the funny part. So here's the thing. The most important part of our brain, this thing that we use when it comes to knowledge work, was developed when we were hunter-gatherers. So our visual spatial memory is developed uh, uh, in 1.8 million years ago until 10,000 years ago. So this chunk of time, the Pleistocene, uh, I don't know if it's the, the correct English phrase, is the part yes. where our biggest part of our brains was formed. And this, uh, so we do knowledge work with the prefrontal cortex, and it can only memorize seven, uh, or store seven items, plus or minus two, while we have a far more powerful part of our brain that we don't use when it comes to our digital stuff. Because when you go to Finder, or your Explorer, all the items, that you have to operate, are uh, you have to decipher it because you have to read it. Actually, there are symbols, uh, but but there's no difference in shape, color, texture, size, uh, um, uh, distance. So the the way we designed the majority of our daily working tools is based on the 70s office environment. <laughs> while we should be creative, associative, associative thinkers that can share information in seconds with others because this is what i call winning by sharing if business is always about trust mm -hmm. but who gets to be trusted it's the guy who's always the most helpful and how do you what's the easiest way to help somebody with information because you can give it away without losing it but if you don't have access to your information because you store it in old socks like folders, subfolders, and documents. Well, good luck with that. So your your ability to build a second brain 
a digital exoskeleton is one of the core things that I really think knowledge workers should understand. But that's that's not the whole thing. So I came up with this uh, 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 framework I called digital fitness. Ah, so we like that. So great. We know there's a there's um, 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 there's a, a connection b between your physical fitness and your mental fitness. But right now, I think if you are dealing with a computer-smartphone combination for more than five hours a day, you really need to be digital fit if you want to keep being mentally fit. So when it comes to autonomy, work stress, work fun, uh, uh, burnouts, uh, um, 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 uh, impacts, uh, innovation, you should heavily invest in digital fitness. But before you do that, you should go back in time to 900, 1903. Because then Henry Ford was creating the first cars. But the first cars uh, weren't, uh, uh, you couldn't change uh, uh, um, uh, the, um, uh, the parts uh, in between the different cars they created. So every car was somewhat unique. And then this guy, Henry Ford, thought, hmm, that, 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 that I think we, I should come up with a way to do that faster. And then he figured out how to build a machine that could drill like 42 holes in a, in a piece of metal. And this is the way uh, how he built engines. And suddenly all the engines of all the cars were uh, interchangeable. That was awesome. But then between 1906 and 1913, he came up with, um, how do you call it? Uh, in Dutch, we call it lopen de band. Um, the, um, uh, he figured out how to do it differently. Yeah. He, did, he did a lot of radical experiments. Industrial and then, he, yeah. and then, then, he, uh, then the productivity increased by 50. Can you imagine a car running 200 kilometers an hour that can suddenly go 10,000 kilometers per hour? So like times 50 is a ridiculous number. And I really think when it comes to knowledge work, we are actually right now in an age that is uh, comparable with 1903. Nobody really, except for a few tiny startups, nobody really got rid of the managers. Nobody really understood the difference between workflow and work execution. And nobody really figured out how to really implement all this awesome technology that we have nowadays in our hands to do more in less time, with less stress, with lower cost, with more impact. So this is what I'm after. And I understand what you uh, offer, at least the Dutch society, is you have a weekly show where you share your knowledge uh, to quite a large audience, how also they become uh, can become uh, and is, uh, digital fit. Yeah, so it's a framework that consists yeah. of five pillars. So pillar number one, I don't want to dive into that too deep, but pillar okay. number one is digital awareness. If you don't know about the network and information age, if you skip that part, you're, you you will become obsolete because suddenly you get uh, uh, you get uh, competition from an angle you never saw, saw it coming. So uh, we that happened before. So digital awareness, and of course, when you're a leader, when you're on sea level, you need more digital awareness than an average worker in your organization. But everybody needs a kind of level, a certain level of digital awareness. And the higher in the organization, the further you have to look uh, strategy-wise, the more important pillar one is. Okay. Second pillar is digital hygiene. Digital hygiene is basic knowledge of how to operate a computer, backups, 
uh, how to install or deinstall a program, security. Don't use a, the same user password combination for everything. That's ridiculous. That's, you make it easy for hackers and thieves. Uh, but also how to use uh, email or not to use email. I think we should email. That's another discussion. That, that's di digital hygiene. Most of the times, uh, governments get in trouble because of IT. It's lack of digital hygiene. Okay. Then, this is the most fun part, is digital skills. <laughs> so if you don't use the computer as a modern typewriter, but you figure out that the mouse is actually a rat who's stealing your time, and you should use shortcuts, and there are better solutions for shortcuts, then suddenly you figure you go down the rabbit hole, and then you can win like one or 200 hours a year average for any knowledge worker if he learns to operate the computer in a different way. The computer should work for us, not the other way around. So this is digital skills. And of course, a programmer needs more, a higher level when it comes to digital skills Sorry. than a CEO. But if the CEO doesn't know how to deinstall a, a, a program, he's in trouble. So I think I really think you need basic understanding of the stuff you need. It's like your driver's license. Um, then there's a fourth part. And this is the holy grail. The fourth pillar, digital fitness, is personal knowledge management. It's mm -hmm. hard to make a difference if you can't find your keys. So, if you want to, want to, because uh, you, you, we really have to invest time in learning, and in our own knowledge. So don't do centralized knowledge management. Do your own personal knowledge management, because it will make the entire organization more valuable if all the individuals figure out how to do that. That what that used to be difficult building a second brain and stuff like that. But the 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 software there is, and all the tutorials on YouTube and on the web make it easy for you to actually leverage your information capital. And if you can let your information capital grow outside of you in smart systems that you can operate in your palm of your hand on the smartphone, you, know, you, you will really win. Because more information capital will bring you, if you share it, winning by sharing, social capital. And it's the guys, you know all about it, Fritz, it's the guys and girls who understand information capital plus social capital, who actually don't really need monetary capital, uh, so you can go faster without money. That's a good thing. And you also get more money, of course. Um, so that's personal knowledge. Man. And uh, there's one last thing. The fifth pillar of digital fitness is using technology for your personal growth and development. Because every time... You want to achieve something, you want to develop something, whether it will be doing the daily 10,000 steps or improving your deep sleep so you actually remember things better because your sleep affects that. Um, every time you want to develop something, you should measure. And technology makes it easier with gamification, nudging, whatever, to help you with that. So I was one of the founders of the quantified self-movement in Europe. I was one of the founders of the biohacking community in Finland. And there's a lot of stuff out there that can really help you grow and learn because this is what computers need to do, help us instead of the other way around. So there's the thing. We have this framework, digital awareness, digital hygiene, per, uh, digital skills, personal knowledge management, and using technology for, only, uh, for your own uh, personal growth uh, and development. So it depends where in your organization you are and your role and responsibilities uh, um, uh, how much you should invest in each of the individual pillars. But they're intertwined because if you do a lot of personal knowledge management but your digital hygiene is slow, then suddenly your data could be gone. So there's a, a kind of um, 
interoperability with the uh, different pillars. Hey, hey, Martijn, it's awesome that you take uh, uh, you you took us into thinking about digital fitness and shared with us uh, your insights on those uh, five pillars. And uh, we almost are coming to the end of uh, this session. Um, and based on what you just uh, uh, shared with us, uh, just a couple of personal questions, uh, maybe. Um, in this context, what does success uh, mean for you? When are you going to be happy? Uh, those are actually two different questions. I, re I do believe success and failure are two sides of the same medal. And the only thing that's interesting about it is that you learn something. Because the things that I did that were perceived by others as very successful mm -hmm. cost me a lot. And the stuff that, I, I've, uh, that other people in my life regarded as utter failures brought me the most. So I don't really care about success or failure. The only thing you should do is try to, to improve a little bit every day. Don't compare with others and share what you learned. That's it. That's part one of the question. The second question is, when are you happy? <laughs> I tried to answer that question for a very long time. So I came up with a very simple and clever idea. Mm -hmm. I thought, what if I would devote my life trying to win two Nobel Prizes? I know it sounds so ridiculous, but if if you really live up to that standard, if you if you figure out if everything you do should be in that direction, it will save me a lot of time and money to go to a coach. Thank you again for your insights in uh, well um, how you're changing the continually looking at changing the world, uh, how it's never finished and how we all need to uh, look into our own digital fitness. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy that you were on the show. And uh, thank you for spending some time with us. Hey, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, happy to help. Good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.